Hello, I am Radio Family, and thank you for joining me here on Candid Conversations with Lady K. The show desires to share top-of-mind discussions on topics which are thought-provoking and relevant in our world today. So, let's jump right into today's show. Good afternoon, I am Radio Family, and welcome to another edition of Candid Conversations with Lady K. Well, we made it through another week, and guess what? We have moved into a brand new month. I mean, January just moved in and out pretty quickly, can you believe it? Well, we are officially in the month of February, which is always an exciting month to see, as we celebrate Black History Month. And we know, as the saying goes, we celebrate Black History 365-24-7. But it's great to have a time set aside to fully focus on the accomplishments of some notable individuals. And that's exactly what we're going to do today on Candid Conversations. I will be sharing some Black History moments of individuals from the past, present, and future, along with some great music and some inspirational messages as well. And we invite you just to stay tuned in with us for this next hour and to commemorate this special time here on Candid Conversations with Lady K. with no cabbage that's no money if you from where i'm from funny i just want some of your son dark clouds seem to follow me alcohol that my pop swallow bottle me no apology i walk with a bold on my shoulder it's a cold war i'm a colder soldier hold the same fight that made martin luther the king i ain't using it for the right thing in between lean and the fiends hustle and the schemes i put together pieces of a dream i still have one i got a dream I gotta find a way I have a 
I wrote a letter just to better my soul. If I don't express it, then forever I hold inside. I'm from a side where we out of control. Rap music and the hood play the fatherly role. My story like yours, yo, gotta be told. Trying to make it from a gangster to a golly role. Red scrolls are stone slaves. The Jewish people in cold caves. Hate has no color or age. Flip the page. Now my race became freedom. Right dreams in the dark, they far, but I can see them. I believe in heaven more than hell. Blessings more than jail. In the ghetto, let love prevail. With a story to tell. My eyes see the glory. Well, the world waiting for me to yell. I have, I have a, a dream. dream. I got a dream. In our Black History Spotlight today, we pay tribute to Coretta Scott King. Coretta Scott King was born on April 27, 1927, and raised in Marion, Alabama, where she graduated valedictorian from Lincoln High School. She received a BA in Music and Education from Antioch College in Yellow Springs, Ohio, and then went on to study concert singing at Boston's New England Conservatory of Music, where she earned a degree in voice and violin. While in Boston, she met Martin Luther King Jr., who was then studying for his doctorate in systematic theology at Boston University. They were married on June 18, 1953, and in September, 1954, they took up residence in Montgomery, Alabama, where Mrs. King assumed the many responsibilities of pastor's wife at the Dexter Avenue Baptist Church. During Dr. King's career, Mrs. King devoted most of her time to raising their four children, Yolanda, Martin Luther III, Dexter Scott, and Bernice Albertine. From their earliest days, however, she balanced mothering and movement work, speaking before church, civic, college, fraternal, and peace groups. She also traveled with her husband on many trips, including a month-long pilgrimage to India to visit disciples and sites associated with Mahatma Gandhi. In 1983, an act of Congress instituted the Martin Luther King Jr. Federal Holiday Commission, which she chaired for its duration. In 
and in January 1986, Mrs. King oversaw the first legal holiday in honor of her husband, a holiday which has come to be celebrated by millions of people worldwide and in some form in over 100 countries. Coretta Scott King tirelessly carried the message of nonviolence and the dream of the beloved community to almost every corner of our nation and globe. During her lifetime, Mrs. King dialogued with heads of state, including prime ministers and presidents, as well as participating in protests alongside rank and file working people of all races. She met with many spiritual leaders, including Pope John Paul and Bishop Desmond Tutu, and stood with Nelson Mandela in Johannesburg when he became South Africa's first democratically elected president. A great woman of wisdom, compassion, and vision, Coretta Scott King tried to make ours a better world and in the process made history. For 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Giving you what you need on IamReady.com. History of African Americans. African Americans account for a large portion of the American population. At the turn of the 21st century, there were 36 million African Americans in the South, 2 million in New York City, 1 million in Chicago, and around 500,000 to 1 million African Americans living in Detroit, Philadelphia, and Houston. Early History of African Americans History of African Americans began when 20 Africans were dropped in the English colony of Virginia in 1619. They worked as indentured servants who were bound to an employer for a limited number of years. Their population kept growing and reached 760,000 in 1790. Most of them were directly imported from Africa or were the children of slave mothers, accounting for one-fifth of the population of the United States. The blacks were documented into slavery in Virginia in 1661 and all the English colonies by 1750. During that time, they were considered an inferior race with heathen culture. They were forced to work in the farmlands of the New World. Africans were sold as merchandise by European traders on slave ships across the Atlantic Ocean to the West Indies, the region of the North Atlantic Ocean, and the Caribbean. At least one-sixth of them died during the journey due to shock, disease, and suicide. Slavery in America during the period of the 17th and 18th centuries, Africans and African Americans referring to those born in the New World were forced to work as slaves on tobacco, rice, and indigo plantations of the southern coast, from the Chesapeake Bay colonies of Maryland and Virginia south to Georgia. Eventually, slavery became rooted in the South's huge cotton and sugar plantations. Legislation was passed by President Thomas Jefferson in 1807 to end the slave trade in America. However, it did nothing but boosted the domestic slave trade in the country. Black women were forced to conceive as early as age 13 and to give birth as often as possible. There were still free black people making up one-tenth of the entire African-American population. They originated with former indentured servants and their descendants, 
Some of them migrated from the West Indies or were freed by their owners. But while in the South they were subject to restrictions imposed on slaves, in the North they were not allowed to vote, own any property, and travel freely. They even faced the risks of being kidnapped and enslaved. Movements to End Slavery Abolitionists in Britain and the United States in the 1840-1860 period developed large, complex propaganda campaigns against slavery. Among the free blacks in the North were emerging African-American leaders in many states, such as Philadelphia, Boston, and New York City. They initially held national and state conventions in early 1830. However, these people shared different opinions on how to deal with slavery and discrimination. Several leaders encouraged slaves to revolt and overthrow their masters, while others thought they should enhance the economy and establish a modern black country in Africa. Thus, African Americans founded Liberia in West Africa, which foreshadowed the development of Pan-African nationalism. American Civil War According to the Missouri Compromise of 1820, there must be an equal number of slave and free states, but this was abrogated, leading to slavery in all American territory. In 1860, Abraham Lincoln was elected President of America on the anti-slavery platform of the New Republican Party. At the beginning of 1861, a movement was launched in an attempt to liberate all the country's slaves. It was the Civil War. However, the initial goal of Lincoln was not to abort slavery, but to emancipate gradually, with the federal government compensating the slaveholders for the loss of their property. But in September of 1862, he issued the Emancipation Proclamation, stating that all slaves were to be free, making the Civil War a war to end slavery. African Americans after the Civil War after the Civil War, nearly four million slaves were freed, gained their citizenship, and the right to vote by the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, respectively. However, all of these new provisions were ignored, especially in the South. During Reconstruction, with leadership from educated African Americans from the North and abroad, they gradually wield political power in the South. However, it didn't last long due to economic pressure and violent anti-black activities, such as ones from the Ku Klux Klan. The white supremacy once again dominated, leading to racial separation all over the southern states. In the post-Reconstruction years, both African Americans in the South and the North struggled to find a job. So many of them decided to migrate westward. Impacts of World War I in 1900, nearly 8 million African Americans still lived in the South. However, due to economic depression, more African Americans moved northwards and were then embroiled in World War I. During the war, thousands of black officers were commissioned and many served abroad in labor battalions and service regiments. In 1919, the Universal Negro Improvement Association was established in the Harlem District of New York City by Marcus Garvey, a black nationalist born in Jamaica. With several hundred thousand members, it is considered to be the largest mass movement of African Americans in the country's history. Garvey's movement ceased after he was jailed and deported to his home country. The Great Depression Due to the Great Depression of the 1930s, a large number of African Americans lost their jobs amidst inherent discrimination. 
Virtually ignored by the Republican administrations of the 1920s, black voters drifted to the Democratic Party, especially in the northern cities. They supported Democratic candidate Franklin D. Roosevelt in the 1932 presidential race, with the establishment of the New Deal reforms. African Americans were aided with low-cost public housing, education, and more jobs. Impacts of World War II the outbreak of World War II, along with the industrial boom, put an end to the Depression in 1939. With support from President Roosevelt, African Americans secured more jobs at better wages during the war. More and more blacks migrated from the rural South to the industrial cities of the North, which was known as the Great Migration. However, due to culminating job competition, along with serious housing shortages, race riots broke out in many areas. The worst occurred in Detroit in June 1943. During the war, a large portion of African-American soldiers overseas were in service units and combat troops remained segregated. But then integrated officer training was subject to ratification. In 1949, four years after the end of World War II, the armed services finally adopted a policy of full integration. The Civil Rights Movement The Civil Rights Movement was the persistent and deliberate step of African Americans in the 1940s and 1950s. Direct, nonviolent action by African Americans achieved several successes, such as the bus boycott of 1955-56, led by the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. in Alabama, student sit-ins movement in Greensboro, North Carolina in 1960, and freedom rides in Alabama, Mississippi to defy segregation on interstate buses in 1961, Freedom Now Party in Michigan in 1964, and national attention in the spring of 1963 in Alabama. Within 15 years after the Supreme Court prescribed all-white primary elections in 1944, the number of the registered black electorate in the South increased more than five-fold, reaching 1.25 million in 1958. The culmination of the Civil Rights Movement was in 1963, when King addressed the crowd of about 250,000 demonstrators gathered on the Mall from Lincoln Memorial. The march aided in securing the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which banned discrimination in voting, public accommodations, and employment. Post-Civil Rights Era of African American History In 1989, Douglas Wilder became the first African American elected governor in U.S. history. In 1992, Carol Mosley Braun of Illinois became the first black woman elected to the U.S. Senate. There were 8,936 black office holders in the United States in 2000, showing a net increase of 7,467 since 1970. In 2001, there were 484 black mayors. The 39 African-American members of Congress form the Congressional Black Caucus, which serves as a political bloc for issues relating to African-Americans. The appointment of blacks to high federal offices, including General Colin Powell, Chairman of the U.S. Armed Forces Joint Chiefs of Staff, 1989-93, United States Secretary of State, 2001-05, Condoleezza Rice, Assistant to the President for National Security Affairs, 2001-04, to 
Secretary of State in 2005-09, Ron Brown, United States Secretary of Commerce, 1993-96, and Supreme Court Justices Thurgood Marshall and Clarence Thomas, also demonstrates the increasing visibility of blacks in the political arena. The dramatic political breakthrough came in the 2008 election, with the election of Barack Obama, the son of a black Kenyan father and a white American mother. He won overwhelming support from African-American voters in the Democratic primaries, even as his main opponent, Hillary Clinton, had the support of many black politicians. The post-civil rights era is also notable for the new Great Migration, in which millions of African-Americans have returned to the South, including Texas, Georgia, Florida, and North Carolina, often to pursue increased economic opportunities in now desegregated southern cities. Hello, this is Reverend Beth Ann Crawford. Keep listening to Candid Conversations with Lady K on IamRadio.com. Time that I thought I could last 
Because of what we did on this day, in this election, at this defining moment, change has come to America. Barack Hussein Obama Jr., the 44th President of the United States of America, was born in Honolulu, Hawaii on August 4, 1961. By the time Obama was two, his parents had separated. In 1966, his mother Ann Dunham remarried and the family moved to Jakarta, Indonesia. He was a mixed-race kid, but in Hawaii, this was not unusual, and he wasn't at a place in Indonesia. At 10 years old, Obama moved back to Hawaii to live with his grandparents. He graduated from Columbia University in 1983. He moved to Chicago, becoming a community organizer for low-income residents on the South Side. It was a good way for him to study power it, and how to use it and how to get it. Obama was admitted to Harvard Law School in 1988. The following summer, during an internship at a Chicago law firm, he met Michelle Robinson. She was in charge of mentoring him, and he was immediately smitten and started asking her out for dates. In law school, Obama was the first African-American president of the Harvard Law Review. After graduation, he returned to Chicago to practice civil rights law, teach law school, and organize get-out-the-vote campaigns. Obama and Michelle married in 1992 and then had two daughters, Malia and Sasha. And it was during that period where he decided that to do what he wanted to do in life in terms of changing the world, he had to go into elective politics. In 1996, Obama won a seat in the Republican-controlled Illinois State Senate. Republicans remember him as a great pragmatist in the state legislature, a guy that they could work with. In 2000, Obama suffered his only political loss in a run for the U.S. House of Representatives. But in 2004, he ran for the U.S. Senate and gave a high-profile keynote speech at the Democratic National Convention. People sat up in their chairs and said, where did he come from? People loved his message. His message was, we're not red states and blue states, you know, we're purple. At that moment, people thought of Barack Obama as a presidential candidate in waiting. 18 months ago, y'all didn't know who I was. Obama won his Senate race by a large margin. In 2007, the freshman senator announced he was running for President of the United States. His main opponent in the Democratic primaries was Hillary Clinton. He won the nomination. The choice in this election is not between regions or religions or genders. It is about the past versus the future. In 2008, he won the general election defeating Republican candidate John McCain. I, Barack Hussein Obama, do solemnly swear. On January 20th, 2009, Obama was sworn in as the 44th President of the United States. Ten months later, he won the Nobel Peace Prize. He did, in his remarks, point out that there are justifiable uses of force and he would not shrink from using them. The 30,000 additional troops that I'm announcing tonight will deploy in the first part of 2010. 
while dealing with the consequences of inheriting two wars and attempting to develop a strategy for bringing them to an end, Obama and the U.S. military were able to track down and kill Osama bin Laden. Obama also pushed through several major policies during his first term in office, including helping repeal Don't Ask, Don't Tell. He passed, you know, health care with no Republican support, the big stimulus bill with no Republican support, but two women on the Supreme Court. Obama also began his presidency in the midst of the worst economic crisis that America has faced since the Great Depression. Despite bailouts for the auto and banking industries, the financial crisis on Wall Street led to record housing foreclosures. The national debt passed $16 trillion. Unemployment also remained high during his first term in office. The hole the recession left was huge, and progress has been painfully slow. Republicans nominated former Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney to run against Obama in the 2012 presidential election. Real, achievable plans that will lead to new jobs, more opportunity, and rebuild this economy on a stronger foundation. That's what we can do in the next four years, and that is why I am running for a second term as President of the United States. the mind and spirit on I Am Radio. Thank you so much, I Am Radio family, for continuing to be here on this afternoon. Oh, it's been such a blessing to share so many amazing Black history moments with you on today. And as we go throughout the month, We'll be spotlighting other great Black history makers as well. And for today's show, we're not done just yet. So keep it locked right here. Continue to be inspired and blessed as we celebrate Black History Month here on Candid Conversations with Lady Gay. This is CNN Breaking News. Black excellence is an all-time high. With me to talk about it is Bacali Sanders, April Ryan, Ramon Sanders, and Angela Rock. Angela, all-time high. Of course it's at an all-time high. Black folks consistently go high. Give me some examples. John, we don't have enough time. Serena Williams won the Australian Open. Wow, she was eight weeks pregnant. And don't forget, black women saved Alabama. 98%. And Uber shut off the boat. We got Issa, Ava, Lena, Oprah, and so many more. We got some black man magic too. Dapper Dan, a trailblazer in fashion, officially partnered with Gucci and opened up a Gucci store in Harlem. Rich Dennis, the brother sold Shea Moisture, then made sure they established a gun to support black women. Then bought Essence Magazine, making it 100% black owned again. We made history in elections in Alabama, Virginia, and North Carolina. Atlanta got a man named Keisha. Hey, Keisha. Oh, Angela. 
Don't forget, we have the Black Panther movie coming out on February 16th, and it's already breaking records with pre-sales. And we have Ava's A Wrinkle in Time coming out on March 9th. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait did we wait. forget to talk about how Hidden Figures, Girls Trip, and Get Out Shattered Records? Listen, Black folks have always been dope and always will be dope. Ain't nothing fake about that news. They have it. Black excellence have an all-time high. Happy Black Issue Rough. Paul and Silas bound in jail Had no money for the go their bail Keep your eyes on the prize Hold on, hold on Hold on, hold on Hold on, keep your eyes on the prize Hold on, hold on Paul and Silas
Mr. President, Dr. Biden, Madam Vice President, Mr. Emhoff, Americans, and the world. When day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace, and the norms and notions of what just is isn't always just is. And yet, the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. And yes, we are far from polished, far from pristine, but that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union that is perfect. We are striving to forge our union with purpose, to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. And so we lift our gazes not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first. We must first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach out our arms to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true. That even as we grieved, we grew. That even as we hurt, we hoped. That even as we tired, we tried. That we'll forever be tied together, victorious. Not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. Scripture tells us to envision that everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. If we're to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we've made. That is the promised glade, the hill we climb, if only we dare it. Because being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy. And this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. In this truth, in this faith we trust, for while we have our eyes on the future, history has its eyes on us. This is the era of just redemption. We feared it at its inception. We did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a terrifying hour, but within it we found the power to author a new chapter, to offer hope and laughter to ourselves. So, while once we asked, how could we possibly prevail over catastrophe? Now we assert. How could catastrophe possibly prevail over us? 
We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be, a country that is bruised, but whole, benevolent, but bold, fierce, and free. We will not be turned around or interrupted by intimidation because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. Our blunders become their burdens, but one thing is certain. If we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left with every breath from my bronze-pounded chest. We will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the west. We will rise from the wind-swept northeast where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked south. We will rebuild reconcile and recover in every known nook of our nation, in every corner called our country, our people diverse and beautiful will emerge battered and beautiful. When day comes, we step out of the shade of flame and unafraid, the new dawn blooms as we free it. For there is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. One day, when the glory comes, it will be ours, it will be ours. Oh, one day, when the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure. the heavens no man no weapon formed against yes glory is destined everyday women and men become legends sins that go against our skin become blessings the movement is a rhythm to us freedom is like religion to us justice is juxtaposition in us justice for all just ain't specific enough one son died the spirit is revisiting us true and living living in us resistance is us that's why rosa sat on the bus that's why we walk through ferguson with our hands up when it go down we woman and man up they say stay down and we stand up shots we on the ground the camera panned up king pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up one day when the glory comes, it will be ours, it will be ours Oh, one day, when the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure
woman and child Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero Facing the league of justice, his power was the people Enemy is lethal, a king became regal Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego The biggest weapon it's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win a war individually It take the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day, when the glory comes It will be Radio family, we have come to the end of our show. I pray that you were blessed by what was shared during our time today. I am a firm believer that knowledge is power. And if we meditate on what we've heard and apply what we've learned, we will see the evidence of victory in our lives. Please be sure to reach out to me via my social media platforms on Facebook, you can find me as Cantrice Dorsey and on Instagram as Cantrice D. Also, if there's a topic you want to have discussed here on Candid Conversations, please send me an email to IamRadioStation.com. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and stay blessed.